Welcome to the Vox Community Podcast. Learn more about Vox Community at voxoc.com. Join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at voxoc.com slash live and at the El Dorado Performing Arts Center. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. <laughs> oh, oh, it feels good to see all of you here. Um, of course, there's a bunch of new faces in here. It's more of a full room than usual. Thank you guys so much for coming this morning. Uh, my name is Andy. I am one of the pastors here um, at Vox. Uh, you can learn everything about us at voxoc.com. Um, we're about two years into doing this church, and it has been um, an absolute uh, roller coaster. Um, <laughs> for those of you that have uh, been with us, you've seen everything that we've gone through. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it's the days like these that we get to really look forward to um, and experience with you guys that fill us with so much joy, um, so much hope, um, and the levity, gosh, that we need in um, the world right now in this time. And um, man, uh, so uh, we're going to be doing a, a number of things today. Um, the big one is uh, we're doing baptisms at the end of service. So uh, we're thrilled. We have a few folks that are going to be doing that. Um, if today, um, through the service, you're thinking about it, if it's something that you haven't done yet and it's been on your heart, um, hey, today's a, a great time to do it. We do have uh, shirts um, available to so take care of um, your wet clothes um, on the way out at the end. If you go to the tent that we have out there, we can help get you set up with that. So um, we do have the opportunity for you uh, to be baptized as well, if that's something that, um, that you want to do today. Um, We're going to have some singing this morning, uh, some teaching this morning. Uh, We'll have the opportunity uh, for all of us uh, to take part in a communion or the Eucharist, as we call it. Um, And uh, when you come down, uh, please uh, dip the bread into the cup. Uh, We're not actually drinking uh, the cup. (laughs) No alcohol. It won't have any benefit this morning. I'm sorry. Um, We do have our gluten-free communion over here on the right-hand side, if you should have that sensitivity. Um, yeah, man, I'm just excited to be here. Now my mind is just actually like, what's happening? Okay. Um, we'd love to get a chance to also uh, have a meal with you guys. If you are new here, um, it's our way of being able to um, feed you guys. We have a thing called Nudivox Dinner uh, that'll take place on April 25th. Um, this month, you can sign up for it um, on our website. Uh, we feed you. Um, we tell you all about us. We get a little bit uh, to learn about you. Um, and the one thing that it really excites us about what we've, what we've been doing as a church for a long time is one of our core values is that the church should be the safest place to talk about anything. Um, so we really do our best to try to create a lot of space for conversation, dialogue. The idea of table is central um, to our way of relating with each other, getting to know each other in community. Um, during the time of teaching, uh, we'll have a phone number that's actually posted up on the top right-hand corner. Um, if you have any questions at any time about any of the um, things that Ronnie is teaching on, any other questions that come to mind, please text them in. Um, it's our heart to actually answer those questions in service. So over the past two years, um, we've done a lot of that with the questions that have come in. So uh, we would love um, to hear from you um, and take a look at that. So uh, last thing I have before uh, we get going this morning is um, if you would like to have your child dedicated with us. Um, We're doing that for the first time actually on April 15th here, Um, especially if it's like a 17-year-old, you know, that you need to like kick on into college and just really pray and bless for the best. Uh, That was really going to be, you know, the right time uh, to do that. Um, But yeah, I'll be up here uh, with with my three little kids and um, we'd love it if if you guys have children here or um, if you'd love to bring your kids here and do that, uh, we would love that. So... Um, I'll take it away. Uh, this is Izzy, who's been our, uh, 
our worship girl for quite some time. So girl. Yeah. I like that. You like that? All right. Oh, good morning, brothers and sisters. Let's see if you guys know this one. He is risen. Look at that. Isn't that awesome? What a great day it is today. Uh, Anybody else get up at 3.30 in the morning like I did? Yeah? No? Oh, perfect. All right. I'm caffeinated. Jeffrey, I'm I'm caffeinated. We're ready to go. Uh, If you're looking at the stage and wondering what's on the stage here, uh, this is not a production for the high school that's happening later. This is actually um, our Stations of the Cross that we did at the Muckenthaler Mansion this Friday, and it was incredible. Uh, For those of you who were there and got to participate and be a part of it, you got to see um, local artists uh, interpret the Stations of the Cross for themselves. And there was something for me uh, walking into this place that was unexpected, that uh, the emotion that came standing in front of art and being contemplative and walking through um, Good Friday. It, it, was, it was amazing. And so uh, if you want after service, they'll be around here. You can kind of come look at them. And, and they're very, um, it's awesome the way that it provokes certain things in you. And so I just encourage you to kind of look at them. And, and, and during the service when we have communion, you can have a, a chance to take communion up here and look at them as well. So uh, a couple things before we get started. I want to thank you. I know there's probably some new people who are here for the first time. If it's your first time, if you're dragged here, uh, welcome. Uh, you are welcome here at this place. I want to just talk briefly about the three sort of convictions that shape Vox community. So if it's your first time or if you've been here for a while, maybe you just need a refresher. And this is it. Um, we believe that the church exists to serve and love the world and not to stand in judgment of it contrary to some popular cultural belief, right? That we're not here to judge the world. We're actually here to bring love and grace to them, right? And so, and that, that's, that's really at the heart of what Vox is, that we created a, a table. Um, this is a gathering around the Eucharist, uh, that everybody is welcome to come and participate in the life of Jesus. Uh, the second thing, the church should be the safest place to talk about and wrestle with anything. Amen. Anything, right? Uh, I think for years, you've seen Christian culture sort of hide and not have robust theologies around different things, and we want to be able to have those conversations. It's important, Um, and as we'll see today in in the the passage that we're going to go through, that it's important for us to wrestle with our faith, and and what does it all mean, and and what is truth, and what is this? And so we want to be a place that creates a space and an opportunity for those skeptics and doubters to come and say, I I want to learn. I'm here to ask questions, and I'm here to understand. Third and finally, we believe that the church should capture the hearts and minds of all generations. So what does that mean? Uh, It means that, I don't want to say older generations because that's offensive, right? So you're like, I'm not old. You're not old. You have wisdom. So how do we take the wisdom, the wealth of knowledge and life experience that you have and integrate that with this next generation that needs to hear that? And how do we get the next generation to sit and actually listen, right? Some people are like, come on, preach it right now. I want my son or daughter to listen. And so we want to create a space uh, where we can see this happen in a beautiful way. So that sort of is the three heartbeats, the convictions uh, that shape our community. So if any of that interests you, stick around for a while and hang out with our community and see uh, what, what happens. And so sound good? 
All right, let's talk about the Bible because that's what you do, right, in, in Easter. So we're going to look at a passage out of the Gospel of John. I love John's Gospel. If you're not familiar, uh, we have the, the other Gospels that are called the Synoptics. John is sort of the outlier because John's like a hippie. Uh, he's like this like mystic, and his writings are so different than the rest of the people, but it's beautiful the way that he captures sort of the moments after Jesus rises from the dead, how he presents himself, and who he presents himself himself too after the resurrection. So we're going to start in John chapter 20. If you have a Bible, great. If you don't, we got them on the screen. Look at that. Perfect timing. They'll be there. You can follow along. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter, the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved. Now, (laughs) this always gets me. This is John's account right? And so John says this line, the other disciple who Jesus loved. Do you you think like the other disciples were reading his account like, really? Really, John? Like you're the one that Jesus loved? But this is, he does this all through. You'll see. So she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple, John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. John is something else, isn't he? He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived, and he went inside. He also noticed the the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up, lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple, who had reached the tomb first, really? Just a, I got there first, just a little poke. He got there first, also went, and he saw, and he believed. Now get this, this is slime. For until then... They still hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus must rise from the dead, and then they went home. As you as you kind of take in this passage and understand, you know, we look at we look at it this side of history. But for these people, these were the disciples, these were the people who were closest to Jesus. They followed him in his earthly ministry. They saw the miracles. Many of them participated in those miracles. And here in this space, they don't understand. They still are not sure what's happening. They find themselves skeptics and maybe even doubters of Jesus. You know, Jesus wasn't the first person to come along and claim to be the Messiah and be crucified. Many, many other people in Jesus' time had come along and said they were the Messiah only to be crucified and then never rise again and then all hopes were lost. And so for them, it was like, was this this another one of those failed attempts to bring freedom to us? And so this morning, wherever you're at in your journey, this faith journey, this idea of who is God, what does it mean to follow Jesus, wherever you're at, if you've ever been skeptical, if you've ever doubted, guess what? You are in good company. You're welcome. You're welcome to the space to engage Jesus. So let's, let's pray as we start this morning, and then we'll jump in. God, we thank you for this time. We're so grateful um, that you sent your son, Jesus, to come and show us what true life actually looks like, the full embodiment of a life fulfilled. And you gave your life for us so that we might find freedom in that true life. We thank you that you conquered death, that you rose, and we celebrate that resurrection this morning. God, we love you, and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, Have you ever found yourself on the outside of an inside joke? 
Yeah? You know what I'm talking about? Like, say some people are talking and they're laughing about an inside joke and you come into the conversation late and you have that, like, I don't know what reaction you have, but this is like mine. I'm like, <laughs> like, you kind of like try to laugh like it's funny, but you're not really sure why it's funny and you kind of feel awkward. Have you ever felt that before? Yeah. And so, so like, you don't know what to do. You kind of laugh. And then like somebody makes that like really hurtful comment, like, oh, you weren't there. You don't know about it, but here's what happened. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Explain it to me so I can be in. Right. How about this? For those of you who are like me in school, have you ever sat in a classroom and everybody in the classroom knew what was going on except for you? Right? People are engaging in conversation, raising their hands, asking good questions. And you're over here going like, this is math. I thought this was English. Like you're in the wrong place. You know what I'm talking about? Or maybe you're, maybe you're in a friend group and you feel like you're the, you're the new, maybe you're the new friend in a group of friends. And you walk into that setting, and you know that feeling? Like, they have history, they have things, and I feel like I'm not quite in that group, right? And, and think about what happens to you internally. You begin to sort of doubt yourself, right? You sort of doubt your identity. Do you really belong? And, and, and is this place for you? I think this is at the heart of some of these disciples, some of these people who followed Jesus. They, when they saw the death and the burial, for them it was like, what, what, what's, what's happening? Do I, do I belong? Is this, is, this, is this real? And it's interesting because when you see who and how Jesus reveals himself after the resurrection, it's, it's, it's striking the way that he reveals himself. Look at this in verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying and she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. Now she didn't recognize that they were, they were angels at first. One at the head and one at the other foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? And listen to her response. They have taken my Lord away. Remember, this is Mary Magdalene. She'd walked with Jesus. Jesus said that he was going to go to the cross, that he would die, that he would rise again. And here she is at the tomb crying. She said, they took my Lord away. She said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. Okay, culturally, let's just stop for a second. And maybe this isn't so far removed, but like we still kind of live in this post sort of patriarchal society where women don't even have like exact same rights as men. Like we're in agreement that that's a thing, right? And so you could just imagine how exponentially this is played out in this narrative, in first century uh, Jewish culture, and even Roman culture, uh, a woman could not testify in a court. I mean, she could not even bear eyewitness. And so you think about a woman and her, her word, and yet who does Jesus choose to reveal himself to first? A woman. This is almost like, this is almost like heresy to write this in an account of who Jesus is, his death, burial, and resurrection. If you were going to make some sort of propaganda to push your agenda, you wouldn't include that, right? Because nobody would believe you. Oh, a woman? Ha, no thanks. And yet, Jesus shows up. And then Luke, in his narrative, over and over and over again, talks about how Jesus interacts with women, and it's a unique perspective. So you think about the history of what he's writing down here. And so look what happens. Her reaction to his death. She does what any good Jewish person would do when somebody dies. You go to prepare the body for the ultimate burial. She brings the spices and everything to wrap and embalm the body. She isn't walking to the tomb with this he is risen, he is risen indeed. 
That's not her mentality. She's weeping because all hope is lost. My God, my Savior, he's supposed to rescue me. He's gone. So if you've ever found yourself in a place where you felt like hope was lost, take heart. Take courage. You're not alone. Those closest to Jesus felt that. And as you read John's account, Mary did not go there with the expectation, right? In fact, she thought Jesus was the gardener. She's like, I don't know. The gardener took him. Somebody find Jesus. Bring him back here, you know? She didn't understand yet. And yet Jesus reveals himself to her. Not so faith-filled, right? Not so courageous. Not so sure of herself. Maybe you found yourself in a place like that where you've engaged church or you've engaged the Bible or, or Christianity or whatever and you felt like, I'm not so sure about this. Jesus shows up and he reveals himself. As the story in John continues, the next person, I love this, is, is Doubting Thomas. Now, how would you like that to be your name that goes down in the annals of history, right? Like, like Doubting Thomas, Weak William, Sad Sally, like that would, if that was like your name, you'd be like, guys, you know, like, come on. It was one time, right? <laughs> and so here's Thomas, a disciple who followed and walked with Jesus. The disciples come and tell him, they're like, we saw the resurrected Jesus. We saw him. He's alive. Everything he said is true. There's hope. This is going to happen. And Thomas is like, mm, no. Look what he says. One of the 12, Thomas, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the the disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Wow. Let's just stop there for a second. Again, this is an eyewitness account of a person who walked and witnessed and participated in the miracles of Jesus. Feeding 5,000, healings, miraculous healings. And yet here he is is saying, no, I have to see. I have to touch with my own hands. I have to feel in order for me to believe. The other disciples, his friends, tell him and try to convince him, and yet he still doubts. This is an interesting thing because there are some tribes of Christianity, there might even be some tribes that you've been affiliated with where it's simply believe without actually engaging in any of it intellectually. No, 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 you just gotta believe. And if you question, then you don't really believe and you don't have faith. And I just don't see that in the narrative here. I don't see that with Thomas. I see Thomas as someone who is going, I'm not sure, I'm skeptical. Now, do you know the difference between someone who's skeptical and someone who's cynical? Because I think it it deserves a definition. So a skeptic is someone who says, I have questions. I'm not ready to take the step into this yet. I still need to touch and feel and see and engage with my mind before I can take another step forward. I want to know. I want to understand. Now, here's a cynic. I don't care. It's all a waste. I'm here to destroy it and tear it down. It doesn't mean anything. Do you see the difference? There's a, there's a posture of learning and understanding that comes with skepticism. And I think when you look at this, I don't think that Thomas was being cynical. I think Thomas was being skeptical, saying, I need to see. 
I need to feel. I want to believe. I do want to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. But I need space to engage that. You know, you can't just, can't just try harder to make your faith grow. Nobody's faith ever grew by just going, bah, more faith. It just, it doesn't happen that way. I could actually argue a case that your faith really grows when you engage trial and pain and suffering and you have to come face to face with that and engage it with the text in Jesus and go, what's happening here? You have lack of hope. You have doubt. You have skepticism. If you've ever asked yourself, God, where are you? Guess what? You're engaging faith. The Psalms are filled with lament and writings about, God, have you turned away from me? Can you not hear my cries? Can you not see that I'm drowning in my own tears? There's no reason to run from that. I think faith beckons doubt and skepticism. It says, come, touch and see and understand. And now, here's the deal. We're never gonna have all the answers, right? You're just not gonna get all the answers. This is just too mysterious, and so we have to hold that. But for, for Thomas, Jesus shows up to him in an incredible way. He comes and he says, Thomas, later on in the the narrative, he comes to Thomas and he says, Thomas, here I am. Come and touch and see that I am the risen Christ. If you've ever doubted, if you've ever been skeptical, if you've ever had questions and were unsure, you're in the right club. We're all there. Whether we want to admit it or not, we're all there and that's okay. It makes us human. It's what ties us together, right? Right? We get to engage Jesus because he shows up. The narrative in scripture is this. It reveals it. If you look at Jewish culture, Jewish culture was steeped in this idea that they would have conversations and disagreements and arguments about what the text meant and what it was said for and who it was said for and how do we apply that and and somebody misapplied this and somebody applied this the wrong over here and they would just sit in squares and have these dialogues and discourse about what these things meant. There was never just an accept and believe and don't even think about it again. No, no, no. It's engaging. Let's sharpen ourselves. Let's sharpen our minds and ask questions, right? And maybe this helps you if you're caught on like, do I, do I believe in this or do I believe it? There are very brilliant people on both sides of an argument who are well-intentioned and love Jesus. And so, you know, we can hold that loosely. We don't have to agree on everything. But we can hold those things and understand that, hey, when we engage these things, it helps grow and shape our faith, Jesus responds to skeptics and doubters and says, come, you're welcome here. Jesus performed many other signs and he wraps this. I love how John sort of wraps up and engage, he wraps up the last part of his narrative and it's just kind of like end here on this point. It sort of nicely ties up the point of his, of his, of his writings, why he's writing all this, why he's recorded all this says this in verse 30, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. So John is alluding to the fact that I didn't record everything. There are lots of things that we couldn't record. There are things that like escaped my memory. And maybe even there are some things that he selectively left out. 
But these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and are you ready for this, is the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You see, for John, ultimate reality, true life, a fulfilled life, a life not lacking or wanting is a life founded in Jesus. For John, these accounts were recorded so that people could investigate for themselves, so that they could make um, significant inquiries and make questions about whether or not this was real. Did this actually happen? And like I said, Scripture is filled with embarrassing accounts, things that you would not put in a book if you were trying to push an agenda because people would just laugh at you, and yet there they are. People's failures and their mistakes all recorded as a part of the totality and what it looks like to engage in relationship with Jesus. He invites those who feel like hope is lost. He invites those who are marginalized and who are pushed aside. The sick, the weak, those who are less. He says, come, this is for you. The resurrected Christ brings hope and joy to those people because it is through death that we experience new life. And here at Vox, we focus everything that we do towards the Eucharist. That's essentially what, we, when we take the sacraments, the blood and or the, the juice and the bread, we are engaging in life with Jesus. And he invites us to it. Now, I don't know what you were taught, I don't know what you heard, but all of, them, are you, are, all of you are welcome to it. Some people think, oh, I'm not worthy. No, no. If you think that you're not worthy, you are precisely the person who gets to come to the table and partake. Jesus invites you in and says, yes, come. When Jesus sat at the table, the political statement he was making was, you're in and you're out. And who did he sit with? Tax collectors, the prostitutes, the liars, the cheats, right? And the religious leaders were standing on the outside thinking they were on the inside, And no, Jesus said, no, you're in. This is for you. This is what it looks like to find true life in Jesus. And for John, it's okay to doubt. It's okay to be a skeptic. You can engage this. If you're looking for what it looks like to experience full life, it's here. Easter reminds us that this is ultimate reality. It's found in the person of Jesus, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Uh, Later on today, after the service, we are going to have baptisms, which is a very, very cool thing that we get to do as a part of our culture. And actually, Scripture teaches this, that we get to partake in the communion, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But also, in a symbolic way, we get to be baptized. Now, baptism is something that is your conscious decision that you make, that you say, I want to do this. It's the inward confession. It's the outward expression of that inward confession that says, I want to follow the way of Jesus. We actually have a couple people who are signed up to do it. Um, They've planned for it, and they're awesome. We're excited to, to celebrate them. But I know there might be some of you in here who are like, I've never done that, and I want to do that. I want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. I want to 
and enter into the water, which symbolizes his death, go under the water, the burial, and then the resurrection coming out of the water. If you want to do that today, if you want to say, I want to make that decision myself, we want you to do it. We're going to celebrate with you. If you're like, I I brought my good Easter clothes, don't worry, we got a Vox shirt for you. It's awesome. It's black. It's three letters, Vox on the front. It's awesome. Um, So if you're worried about that, we have towels for you. I know you think it's cold, right? No, we got heated water out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're ready for you. So this is an opportunity um, for you if you've never done it. We'd love to participate in that with you as a family and and celebrate that decision for you. And so after the service, um, we'll we'll all gather out there, and then um, we'll get a chance to do that. If you want to, you can go to the tent and sign up there. Uh, But before we do that, we're going to to go and engage into our communion. I think we're going to do a response time. So I'm going to ask that we bring the, uh, the liturgy up. So again, here at Vox, one of the things that we want to uh, talk about is that um, we understand that this is an invitation, that we're not trying to coerce anybody into anything, but these spiritual practices, these liturgies that we read are a way for us to collectively engage in something that maybe on our own might be scary. Um, If you're just an outsider looking in, don't feel like you need to engage in this. This is just for those who want to engage in it. And it actually helps our posture and our heart move towards God. And so I'm going to be the reader, and you will be the response. So, oh Lord, our God, we are reminded in this Lenten season how desperately we need you. This is you. Not yet. <laughs> swipe right. Don't swipe right. That's weird. <laughs> swipe <laughs> Swipe the other way left. There we go. Oh, nope. There we go. Nope. We'll get it, guys. You know, uh, they say that when Satan was kicked out of the Garden of Eden, he was banished into church electrical systems and (laughs) sound systems. Let's see. Oh, is that me? There we go. Okay. Our attention turned inward. We have isolated ourselves from others. And even worse, we have attempted to isolate ourselves from you. Hearts, we humbly and joyfully begin again with you and with one another. Amen. Okay, so um, Izzy's going to sing some songs, the band's going to play, we're going to worship together, and in this time, uh, we get to take communion. Uh, the communion stations are around in the back. I want to make sure you know that there's gluten-free back there, so if, if that's you, then that's for you specifically. Um, and so uh, there'll be community pastors who have lanyards who would love to pray with you. They'll be down here in front and as well in the back. Uh, we have prayer walls. If you want to write something, um, the walls, if you look at them, sort of symbolic of uh, the Western Wall in Jerusalem where people come and pray and they put paper in there, and that's sort of just a symbolic way. And um, so if you want prayer, uh, you can come forward and receive prayer. But this is really a time for you to respond uh, to Jesus, to engage with Jesus in this time. So as you feel led, feel free to respond around the room. Oh, 
Happy Easter, everybody. So glad that you guys came. Thank you for joining us. I want to remind you that there are baptisms outside. We have two people who signed up. If you were like thinking about it and going, man, I, I want to do that. I want to make that my decision. Please don't hesitate. Uh, at, the, at the booth out there, there's a sign-up sheet. Just go ahead and sign up there. We'll get you squared away and taken care of. And we'd love to do, I'd love to do it for you. If you've never been baptized, I would do that for you. We have community pastors out there who would do that for you as well. But stick around, hang out. There's an Easter egg hunt for the little ones. Um, and so it's going to be cool. Yeah, adults, no, sorry, you don't get to it. Um, but yeah, hang out. Uh, let's be a family together. We'll see you guys out there. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Vox Community Podcast. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Vox Community. Participate in the Vox Community at voxoc.com slash participate.